All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Welcome to the J podcast. I am your host, 12, Jahans Managa. I have a very special guest with me. He's our first ever reoccurring guest. Before we get into all of that, make sure you like and subscribe to the Field of 68 Media Network, where you, have, where you can have content such as this, different dudes representing different alma maters, just like I do every week. Today, we have a man who is 4-0 against the Huskers while in uniform for the Jays. He's played pro ball in Denmark, Estonia, Cyprus, Mexico, Taiwan, Romania, Hong Kong, the list goes on. He's the first return guest, as I just mentioned. He is affectionately known as Big Swag. He is the pride of Waukee, Iowa. Will Artino stepping back into the jam with your boy. What's good, Willie? What's going on, bro? Glad bro, to be back. I'm so, I'm so happy to see you, man. Every time I we know. pop it up, I get so excited. <laughs> I know it's been a while, too. We hadn't even, like, FaceTimed or nothing lately because our time zones have been so different. So it's like we're just catching up, even though it's – it's on your podcast. It's cool. It's so funny that like a couple of weeks ago, you're like, dude, like, I feel like I haven't seen it forever. Let's just find time to FaceTime or whatever. We weren't able to do that, but we were able right. to do it in front of the people. So you guys are actually going to get to see how me and Will actually inter- interact like, when we <laughs> FaceTime and stuff. So it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Obviously, a little bit of Jay's conversation chimed into there as well. How you doing, bro? I'm good. I'm jet lagged right now. I just got back from, as you said, Hong Kong and transitioning right now. Uh, so... Mm-hmm. It's just busy, be, be a busy couple of weeks, but it's nice, always nice, you know, to touch down American soil quickly. That overseas <laughs> life, man, it got you, it got you missing home real right. quickly, I lie. No, it's just, it doesn't matter how good the place you go is. Like Hong Kong was great. We loved it. And, uh, but, you know, you just touch down and it's always nice. You hear English again and people are a little more annoying because it's easier to tune out the other languages, but, you know, you got all your choices. And, the prices in Hong Kong were just price gouging. It was like ten dollars for some cheese. And I go to the grocery store today. It was two dollars. I was like, "What is going on?" So, <laughs> so it's last good. time it's you, good to be back. Last go time you were on the podcast, you said that when you touch down, your first meal is Chick Fil A. If I'm not mistaken, because I think you and Justin Carter had that yeah, in common. Usually. What was what was your first meal this time around? Because I got to hold you accountable. Wait, so we touched down in Dallas, and I hadn't had Mexican food in a while. I saw a Mexican food restaurant. But my first okay. meal outside of when I got to Tennessee was Chick-fil-A. Okay, all right. Shoot <laughs> for your bread. <laughs> You're crazy, right? Yeah. Do you remember saying that the last time you were on? Or I mean, yeah, because it's, <laughs> it's literally been like four or five years straight of just Chick-fil-A yeah. every time I get back. Because, like, I was eating – I was eating a lot of McDonald's in Hong Kong because I would walk to practice and there was always McDonald's on the way. I'd just get like some nuggets and mm-hmm. I was like gotten used to it. I ate Chick-fil-A and I swear that Chick-fil-A had never tasted so good. I was like real chicken, that sauce, everything, man. It was like <laughs> five star. Bro, I'm so fortunate that I get the chance to do that in like two different countries. When I touch back down to Canada, you know I got to get a platoon ASAP. Doesn't even matter from where. And then right. when I get back to Omaha, though, there's something about that raising canes when you go through that drive-through that first time. Raising that, canes I think that's is good. For me. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> I used to I, get I think that that's before study hall. <laughs> <laughs> you used to go all the way up to 72nd before study hall after practice just to get some raising canes? Yeah, we'd get done with practice. I'd go, I'd go to raising canes, and I'd go back for French tutoring. And I'd eat my raising canes during tutoring. <laughs> yeah. I feel bad for those tutors. They had a lot to deal with with you and that chicken smell all up in the room. I'd offer him some food. Of course you would. Of course. Right, you swag. Why would swag right. not do that? Common courtesy. Right. <laughs> Bro, let's get into it, man. Obviously, we're here to discuss the Nebraska game that we witnessed last night. The boys. The man. boys. Hey. The boys. Death Texas the boys great good beat Nebraska. Night. That's what it is. Three things. That's life. what it is. Uh, turn the state blue once again, as we're known to do. What was right. your first impression, obviously, uh, of watching the boys play? They they got us to a really strong start, which is something that we hadn't seen in the first two games right. of the season. What was your first impression, like, within the first 10 minutes of the game? I mean, so, obviously, it's a little tougher to follow games for us overseas. And so, this was my first time watching them in person. And this is also the first time for a team that I don't know anybody on the team like personally so mm-hmm. it's like a we're getting old and b i don't know like 
Like, I know. I mean, I watched, yeah, they shot like one for 19. I mean, the, let's be honest. The showing wasn't very good the first two games. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. They got wins, and you always take the wins. Uh, so I didn't know what to expect. Uh, same with Nebraska. I know they're a pretty new team, and so I thought it was going to be close. And then they came out. I thought it was going to be the Alex O'Connell game. And he, he I mean, he really he, – they started slow a little bit, but then he carried them and sparked them. And they uh, – what did they get up to the 27, 8 or something? They were close to 20, but I don't think they ever got to 20. Mm-hmm. It was really – like, it was crazy. It was 10 minutes for each team, really. Like, both teams, all of a sudden, Nebraska put their own run on there. And you and you kind of were like, oh, what's going on? But the boys, they, I mean, they went in there. I think what uh, – I'm going to miss your Canadian boy. I can't remember. Them, them, Ryan Nemhard, baby. Yeah, we'll talk about him a little listen. bit later, but I want to hear yeah. your take on him, though. I mean, so he obviously he went in there in Nebraska as a true freshman starting point guard and, and had a 22 and something. And I mean, he, mm-hmm. I, I was watching the game and all of a sudden popped up. He had 18, and I was like, did, when did he get 18? Like, he, he's so smooth and he really is a talented player, and they're going to be, I think. I think this will be a game that we can look back on if the team makes it and makes starts making a run and puts things together and be like, that was the game where everything kind of started clicking for him. I mean, I think they have the pieces and to be outperform expectations. Obviously, the class has been the highest rated class, and so the talent's going to be there. And if, if they put it together at some point, they could, you know, top last year's team. Not saying this year, but I think if the team stays together for the four years, they'll have a chance. You mentioned that, you know, you thought that was going to be kind of like an even game because both teams are either young or don't have the experience of playing with each other yet. You actually tweeted about that yesterday. Yeah. And then when you saw us going to run, you <laughs> tweeted yourself saying, never mind, as far as like a close game being nip and tuck. Right. Uh, <laughs> I think both you and I are both irrational Jays fans, having played for the program, having played for Coach Mack, yeah. obviously. Some of the coaches are still there with uh, with Murph, with Lou uh, still being out right. there. So we still have close ties to the team. So when we see the boys go on a run like that, I was thinking the same thing, too. I was like, oh, we blowing them out. This is going to be my senior year all over again. Right. I mean, it, yeah, it is. It is what it is with Nebraska <laughs> at this point. Like, obviously, it's always a rivalry and you're going to want to win the game. But whenever we get on those runs against them, you just kind of think it's it's not going to. It's not going to finish well for them, but you know, kudos to them. They 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 stayed in there and they fought hard, and they, it was a really really good basketball game. I was going to say, you said you didn't have a chance to watch the first two games, but if you did get a chance to watch the first two games, you would see that the ball movement and the player movement for the Jays, especially while they were on that run, was so much better than what we had seen uh, in the first two games. Yeah, they were missing shots, but were they the best quality shots that they could have had? Most Jays fan, seeing how Coach Mack runs his offense, would say, you know, not so much. But this was your first impression of watching them play live. Yeah. How did you feel about the way that they moved the ball and shared the ball, especially in that first half? I thought that's funny because I was thinking about that today, actually. I was thinking about the game a little bit, obviously trying to go through it, run through it again, just so I was like sharper with what we talk about. But I was thinking there was a few times where they shot some wilder shots. I don't necessarily – Look, I'm coming from Hong Kong. I just seen the wildest shots in my life in practice for three months. So, 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 I'm, so some of these shots were, they they were, I think they were good shots, but were they the best shots? There was a few shots that they made that I felt okay. You could probably want extra that into the corner or mm-hmm. kick out. There's a couple of tough pull ups like that, and then there's a few that they missed that was like, I mean, but they're young. Every single, I mean, we. We went through this, and obviously, like me, I redshirted. You got thrown into the fire right away, but uh, not to the extent of them. You you sat or came off the bench the first half of the year, then started the second half, right? Mm-hmm. And so, think about they got what they got two or three freshmen starting, or two freshman starters, two freshman starter, one transfer one. Uh, coming in. Alex O'Connell is their elder statesman, and yeah. he's only been there for a season and a little bit. And that was both pandemic. And years, so this, basically. yeah, so right now they really got three freshmen in the rotation, all mm-hmm. highly ranked, all coming off being the man in high school. Like right. those are shots that you take in high school because you're in the gym more than anybody else, and you're more talented than anybody else. We all went through it uh, as finding the role of what shots are you supposed to take and what shots aren't you supposed to take. 
and they're three games mm-hmm. into the season. So those shots are expected to be taken. And I think Max doing a really good job of letting the guys find themselves. And then at the same time, I'm sure he's telling them after, you know, and film, we all know the film's detailed and he's going to break it down and there's going to show them that those shots are like, okay, three seconds, five, four seconds on the shot clock, take that shot. 10 seconds on the shot clock, swing it, swing it, set a ball screen or something. But I, I, overall, I was pretty, pretty impressed with the ball movement. Like I said, you can pick at things, but they won the game and now they're moving on to the tournament down there. I think that'll be a big, another big stepping stone, hopefully. So, yeah, you're referring to the Paradise Jam that the boys are about to take a fight on and, you know, yep. trying to be the first repeat champion actually of that tournament. Uh, before we get too ahead of ourselves, I know that hindsight is a little 2020. When Nebraska was going on their run, be honest with me, Will, as you're watching it, how nervous did you start to get? Scale of a 1 lot. to 10. I'm probably like at 8 because I just put myself in that situation. I, like as a player, like to get up 20 and then I can feel a little comfy. But, like, you know, when you're a part of those games and you get uh, – I mean, I can think back to a game where we got out to a 20-0 run as a pro team and we lost. Uh when you go well and then all of a sudden another team goes on a run, it can just spiral out of control the other way because you are riding such a high and then all of a sudden you're going into scramble mode and then you start forcing things. And I think maybe that's a little bit of what happened. They start Guys started forcing things, trying to make a what we'd call, I guess, a hero play instead of trying to just stick into what worked. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was good that they held the lead. I don't think Nebraska ever got the lead, so that's also good to see that they were able to Every run they went on, granted it was another 18 to 2 or whatever run they went on, they were able to, it didn't stop it at some point. And, and then, I mean, they end up winning like by eight or so. And, uh, I think I, from, I, like I said, I was jet lagged. I fell asleep for the very end of the game, but I saw some highlights. Hawkins hit a big three at the end to kind of ice it. And, uh, mm-hmm. and he went like three for seven and started like 0 for four or something. So, I mean, to see him, a guy who's, the D2 national player of the year and has a lot of, he has a lot of experience in big games. He came up and he's really, I think he's really been a key piece in showing that and showing, you know, stretching the floor and doing a lot, all everything, three double doubles already. So. Yeah. My nervous meter was probably around like a five, six. And I'll tell you why it wasn't as high as yours because I just felt like the shots that Nebraska was taking and making were not sustainable. They were taking some quick jack up threes, a lot of them like really didn't go with the flow of their offense. It just kind of came out of nowhere where guys were just saying, you know what, I'm going to do it myself. You're talking about Crane taking some hero shots that kind of uh, let the momentum dwindle a little bit, uh, go down a little bit. But what Nebraska was doing was hero ball times four. Uh, they yeah, were just coming up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're just coming down and just launching threes. And they just so happened to go in. And I just felt like that wasn't sustainable. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I, I see your side of it i was just kind of focusing more on creating i guess but yeah no for that, sure. that's that that's definitely true and but you know as the shooter yourself when those shots go in you're going to keep shooting and you're going to feel like they're going in when you're riding that confidence you can ride it out for another 30 minutes right <laughs> it's so, bro it's so funny because we just had a game where like i made my first three uh when i came in uh and then i missed like my next four i think but in the back of my mind i kept saying oh i got another i'm gonna make another five like so i know exactly what you're talking about like once you get that confidence going like nothing can really stop that so that can be a dangerous thing but i just when you look back on some of the shots that nebraska was taking and a lot of it was challenge shots as well maybe off of offensive rebound kicking it back out guys flying out the shooting they just so happen to make it if i'm crane i understand that that might not be the strength that might be the shot that you're willing to i guess live with But I just right. didn't feel like that was sustainable. In my uh, yeah, opinion. I definitely agree. I mean, yeah, just in Nebraska with all the all the fans. I mean, I don't think there was an empty seat in the house. And I didn't see yeah. much blue. And it was just hey, everything. let's talk about this because right. before we got live on air, you mentioned how those boys managed to sneak into the front row. Right. Hey, we need to find out who those boys are. Those guys, if College World Series, identify yourself to me. I got a beer for you. <laughs> I think that you need to get them on the podcast. Isn't it? Oh, I would love to do that. I hey, think we need to find if it out. Anyone, if anyone can help me identify those boys, if you guys are willing to come on to the Welcome to the J podcast with your boy. I would love to talk about how you guys did that because in a sea of red, seeing that little line of blue, right? You know, like 
when you're watching the game from how they're broadcasting it, they were very visible. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I last year there for the whole entire hour and a half, they just heckled me. Nobody else on the team. So, I, I mean, imagine five guys in the sea of 7,000 students or whatever it is. You know, I mean, took some some courage, yeah, for lack of a uh, better term. Before we move on to the next topic, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now's the time because they're offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new Rush Pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With basketball season tipping off, get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the BetRivers iOS app. You must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call telephone number 1-800-GAMBLER. I... I'm not sure if I got this right, but you played at Devaney, obviously. But did you also get a chance to play at Pinnacle? Yep, yep. So they talk to were... me about yeah. Talk to me about the difference between obviously one super historic building uh, at Nebraska and them opening up a new arena. You know, uh, right? In just a, because Nebraska basketball, we can't deny it. It is getting bigger. It is getting a little bit more popular. So they opened up a whole new arena. You were the first Jays team to be a part of that, right? Right, yeah, we were. And so, I mean, we're coming off the year where we were the three seed in Nebraska made the tournament for the first time, too. So that was the first year at the bank, but they came to our place uh, mm-hmm. your senior year, obviously. So then, yeah, so we are coming off of, I think, a loss at Tol- or against Tulsa or something. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. we had whatever it was. And the, that was supposed to be Nebraska's best team. Obviously, we were it was a down year for us. Uh, and so, I mean, it was, they came out, they hit two threes um, and it, it was crazy environment. It was, it was really loud. It was all the lights and the whole shebang of the display. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, 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 it was, it's, I'll give it, it was, it was cool, but obviously it's the same story when it's as quiet as it gets come, come the, the, the end horn and, uh, actually, I remember, and I, I was having flashbacks from that game. During watching that game, we stepped on that sideline twice in the corner. Uh, trying oh, to catch yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, when we played them my senior year, Benny Parker did the same thing on the same side in the same corner three times. That's crazy. And Is so there something was, about it? I don't you know. Think? That's what I was thinking. I was like, it's, <laughs> I haven't watched any other games in Nebraska's arena since. So I don't know if that's like a common thing. Is there something where like, is it the crowd is on you? You can't, so you think, or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, however, if it's like some sort of visual thing or if people, it's just coincidence. But I, it's just weird that in the two games, the one game I played and the one game I've watched, there's been five or six people step on the, the sideline in that corner. For you guys to remember, you guys who are listening, Will is talking about, I think Alex O'Connell did it on that baseline on the yeah, yeah, he did pass. It he tried twice. to attack. And I think Trey, it was Trey Alexander, like uh, two or three possessions later, who literally stepped. And I remember Nick Baugh, our dude Nick Baugh, fan of, our fan <laughs> of the program, a former guest of the program, called it out like, that's the second time that the Jays have stepped exactly on that side. And now you're saying that Benny Parker did it when you guys were there. So maybe there is something to it, a little bit like how Antoine Young, when there wasn't that half-court line that <laughs> Me and Ross Marini talked about that the last time. He was on the he was my last guest on the pod. And we talked about that, shit. so. Let's yeah. talk about that. What, 10 years ago, we were, or yeah, about 10 years ago, we were trying to win the CBI, CIT, whatever it was, championship. Right. And now they're just coming off their first Sweet 16. So talk, let's say yeah. Mac has done an incredible job of yeah. running the program from then. So, absolutely. We definitely have to talk about because obviously you mentioned how tough of an environment it was. This is a young Jays team, a team that doesn't have a lot of experience playing together. They showed some poise. They did show some poise. They showed that they have that warrior mentality, that warrior spirit, that when push comes to shove, they could, you know, dig in a little bit deeper and, and really come out with a tough victory on the road. 
And you already mentioned Hawkins with that big dagger three. We obviously already praised Ryan Nemhard, you know, making all of us former Creightonian Canadians proud. You know how it'd be. All two of you. But what I do want to talk about, you as a big man, obviously, the player of Ryan Kalkbrenner, he had a stretch of about three, four, five minutes where he really dominated the paint on both ends, challenging shots left, right, and center, being big and strong and physical down the middle, getting N1s and finishing at the rim. He didn't have the best two games to start the year. I think he's got he's had a lot of expectation placed on him due to the fact that he was on Team USA under 19 team this summer. We remember when Doug was our teammate and he came back from Team USA under 19. He came back as a totally different animal. Uh, talk to me about Ryan taking this step in, in the right direction, leading the Jays in both defensively in the paint and offensively in the paint. Yeah, I mean, and obviously they were talking about it. Bob was talking about it. Uh, Max telling them to feed him, and uh, and I mean, there's a difference between telling him to feed him and telling, and then he he still has to deliver. So I mean, he he delivered. Uh, really, that's uh, also he wasn't the difference between him and Doug in those situations is he was a freshman that averaged like 12 minutes a game and got the call for USA. Doug was coming off first team All Valley, already had it, and so mm-hmm. now he's trying to slide into a much bigger role which is it's tough to do um someone mm-hmm. who tried to do it and i actually it just it's really tough to do you don't know you're all of a sudden you're expected to take more shots there's more eyes on you your role changes and so he's i think he's trying to find <clears throat> himself um the expectations are super high after any time you get an accolade like team usa um mm-hmm. and but during that stretch that was during the stretch of the right late in the first half or so right uh, referring it, to. like kind of mid second half a little bit where he started getting n1s it was one big play where he got an n1 and he he turned and visibly yelled and actually showed some emotions okay. we haven't seen too right. much from him right. before yeah i think that's a good sign i think i mean that's someone who both we both kind of thrive off emotions and playing so and it kind yeah. of gets you going and there's some guys that are even killed and i think there's a there's a bounce between it and maybe him showing more emotions get it it can also be like a very big pickup for the team as a guy as a guy that strikes me as probably on the quieter side uh mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's like oh he's getting call grinders getting hyped like we got to follow him type thing um but i know he had big dunk and he's had he was doing a really good job of sealing and getting easy baskets and finishing and i think that that the as we talked about hawkins that combination and come big east play is going to be really big for us in terms of the hopefully they can develop the chemistry some high low because they can't help off and uh they can't help off hawkins to try and clog the paint everybody else on the team starting to shoot it and so that's going to leave hawkins or talk brenner room to to maneuver in the paint and be big and long and do what he does and so he he i think it was a really big step for him and probably his confidence especially like as a young big when you start having a game like that it can really get you going in terms for the rest of the Mm -hmm. season so nebraska's bryce mcgowan's came into the game having scored 29 points the game previously alex o'connell was tasked to chase him around defensively make it really tough on him he did a wonderful job held him to only six points on three of ten shooting if i'm not mistaken and a couple of those were just Backdoor cuts. You got two dunks on backdoor cuts. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean. So, we know Alex to be offensively gifted, someone who could, you know, take and and make shots. But for him to accept the challenge defensively, how does that bode for the Jays moving forward, knowing that, you know, a guy like him who is asked to do so much offensively could every once in a while take a step back and be like, you know what, my assignment for this game is to lock down this guy. I'm going to do the best job out of anybody in a Blue Jay uniform. Yeah. um, And I know I barely talked about him. I said I thought it was gonna be the Alex O'Connell game and and really mm-hmm. as you just pointed out, something that goes very unnoticed. It really he scored still scored thirteen or fifteen points. Twelve. And, okay. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, everybody was right there and I was really, Yeah 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 I no no I agree. I agree. Tired. But Nemhard at twenty two Hawkins at fifteen. O'Connell had twelve. I think uh Carl Grinder had eleven. Or okay. O'Connell had 13 and Colburn had 12. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those. But you're okay. right. I mean, I mean, but so that's obviously, I mean, I don't know if he's the heart and soul of the team, McGowan's for Nebraska, mm-hmm. but he is for that offense. Everything seems to run through him. And 
uh, they had him trying to figure it out. I mean, that's he's had his way the first two games. He's a five-star recruit coming into college mm-hmm. thinking, and he's kind of, I guess, you know, maybe it was like a little welcoming thing saying, you know, this is a lot different than whatever you think it is. And he could have taken it personally. And obviously mm-hmm. he accepted the challenge and it probably was a very key factor in them being able to hold off when the other guys on their team that the two uh, guards came off the bench for Nebraska started hitting all the threes. If one more guy gets going, especially your main guy gets going, you know, that's when it could really probably start to get worse. And O'Connell obviously stepped up and he made sure that didn't happen. So when things started going for them, at least they had one thing that they could still, they were focusing on or trying to think of how to word it, but he, uh, Sorry, it's pop up on my computer email. This <laughs> got distracting. Yeah, um, of course. Uh, uh, he obviously probably if you're doing a grading system, it's an A. Mm-hmm. I mean, 23 points under their average is super impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as a guy who took that challenge personally, every time that we had to right. play those big time wings or guards. I certainly understand, you know, what that feeling is like, especially like that week of preparation, man. Coach Mack really beats it into you how much this guy could have a field day if you're not on your P's and Q's. So kudos to Alex. That was my first time seeing him accept a challenge defensively like that. So I'm very uh, happy to to see how it turned out, obviously. To have a guy like Sharif come back, he's been dealing with a foot injury in the summertime, a little groin injury and going into preseason. He's finally played his first game. He's going to be another one of those Jays who are going to really lock in defensively once he gets his legs under him. I was very happy to see him play his first game. How did you feel about, you know, Sharif? He, he did turn the ball over some. He made yeah. a couple of plays also, but he's also trying to get his legs under him. How do you feel about, you know, Sharif being able to get back on the court for the Jays? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think that he probably forced a little couple of plays trying to, you know, get the groove back and just the feeling mm-hmm. of playing. But overall... I mean, he didn't seem to be too hampered by the injury, which I think is a plus. He was able to, to go out there, give some minutes. He played hard and made, he's made some plays. He had a nice little step back mid-range. And, beautiful, beautiful step back. That looked like right. what I'd be working on in the summertime. <laughs> that right, change right. of direction, a little open hip, step back. Right. I love that. I mean, so it's obviously it's there. And I don't – I think – there's nothing to be worried about with it. I think everything for Jay's fans, they should take everything he did as positives. And, you know, they were able to, he's just going to bring more, uh, more depth to the team that I think needs a, a little more depth right now. And I think he's, Mac is trying to find one, probably one more full-time guy and then another guy that if the guys get in foul trouble one night, he'll play 25 minutes. The other night he might only get five to 10 minutes mm-hmm. or whatever it is. But, to be to have 10 guys you can trust or nine guys for sure and then one guy you know he's going to come in play really hard and do it just do his job not complain shows up every day in practice and so i think that they will definitely he'll definitely be needed and there's going to be a time when his experience will come into i'm sure it did last night even if even if he wasn't on the court as much I'm sure in the huddles he was there talking experience because he's one of the, I think he's the only one on that team that's played in front of a crowd for the Nebraska Creighton game. So Did, he, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think also him being from Omaha, how much he wanted to come back. Right. Like, to be honest, the way that I saw he was moving around, we know Sharif to be the quickest guy on the court. The mo- like his anticipation, especially defensively, is like none other. So obviously seeing him a little bit of a step slow, I could tell that that was the game like Coach Matt couldn't tell him he had to sit out one more game to make sure right. he was right. I'm, I feel like he definitely came back maybe a little bit earlier than he should have because being an Omaha kid playing against Nebraska, that game probably meant that much. To right, him. right. So definitely a good sign. and mm-hmm. uh, I think I just think there's so many positive takeaways from the game for a team so young. And like I said earlier, I think it's something that – when it comes to March, if the boys are rolling and, and the talk for a bubble or for the NCAA tourney, it's a team mm-hmm. that they can or a game they can look back and spark their season. Absolutely. Overall, the Big East and these Gavit games, as 
of the time that we're recording this is four and zero. Right. When is the Big East finally going to get the respect that it deserves nationwide, man? I'm hearing people talk about now, like, oh, like, it's a fluke, the Big East, blah, 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 blah. When are we finally going to get the reserve, the, the respect as a conference that we deserve? Yeah, I mean, we played in it. Uh, we know it's tough. It's, mm-hmm. it is, I mean, it's, and the thing about it, it's only get, it's only gotten better since we were there, too. It's a basketball conference, so all eyes are on basketball. It's appealing to play for. You play in the garden for the tournament. Yeah. I mean, it's Nova's won two national championships. They've had the, there's been, I mean, it's just, you can't, every year, multiple teams win these Thanksgiving tournaments. I mean, I think it's starting to get there, but it's obviously not viewed as the same as Big Ten, Pac 12, and quite yet. But to the people that know basketball and not to the average fan, they, they, they know. That it's the, the, the casuals, the casuals don't know, but the people who watch, it are, right? You if you know, me? you know, and you got to respect the youth <laughs> basketball. It's not like they said; it's not your your father's Big East, is what they would say when it started, and it's right. not. It's different. It's a different brand of basketball. It's a more skilled brand brand of basketball now. Um, I think Creighton's really stepped in there and kind of changed the way basketball, in a sense, is played. There's not as many of these big. 300 pound centers that are just bullying through everybody's trying to match the let it fly mantra that we have and mm-hmm. uh it's making it a really exciting really exciting brand of basketball to watch i'm glad that you mentioned that it's not your father's Big East, and i think that's what people are trying to hold this current biggies too like yeah there's not 19 teams and you know right. the top four teams are super good the bottom five are really trash and everybody else in between is just trying to fight for you know a, a a decent you know uh ncaa berth this is a uh conference where every game matters the top team is winning by like one or maybe two games every year the middle of the pack is really really strong with it being nip and tuck and then like there's obviously in every conference that uh, one team is just going to have a rebuilding year where they have a maybe a young team what's right. whatever the case may be in the preseason predictions, the Jays, the boys were predicted to be eighth in the Big East. I know Coach Mack is using that as bulletin board material. From what you've seen from the team, where do you think they may rank? Obviously, it's, it's so early to tell, right. but I just want to hear your super early prediction. I mean, I don't know enough of the Big East right now. I haven't. This was kind of tough to follow. Uh, mm-hmm. like, like I said, I'm just... The further I get out, the more I do become more of a casual fan of college basketball. I will still follow Creighton, and I follow, like, the few guys I know that are trickled throughout the nation. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's top half Big East team. And I think yeah, that's I think- the top half Big East team is an NCAA tournament team. So yeah. I think that there's no reason that you don't set your goal for the NCAA tournament the same as it is every year. But sometimes you set it with expect hoping you hit a home run you know get lucky with the team but i think this is a team that has the talent to go to the ncaa tournament for sure i mean mm-hmm. and as you know as the year goes on by the time there the big east tournament comes around those freshmen aren't freshmen or they're sophomores and it goes up <laughs> and through and the guys have experienced and it's a team that i feel gets hot you know it's a team that has a lot of talent and they showed last night they can get hot quickly especially and starts out, they can make some noise. So, bro, I'm just laughing because what you just said, like, it lets me know that you play for Coach Mack. Like, that is like the most Coach Mack thing to say. By the time conference tournament comes around, freshmen aren't freshmen anymore. They're sophomores. He used to tell us that when we were babies. Yeah, I mean, my dad used to talk like that. I think that maybe it's just a old school thing, but it's it's a true statement. So we'll we'll ride with it. Well, shout out to the boys. Obviously, winning on the road. Always tough winning at Nebraska, certainly tougher in a rivalry game where, you know, all eyes are on them. Everybody in the state was watching that game and they, they definitely repped really good for, you know, the old heads like you and I. Geez, we're getting old, aren't we? Well, we, we I, I came into the locker room today talking so much trash. I got a teammate who went to Ohio State and I just started talking so much trash about how the Big East is beating the Big Ten this, this whole uh, Gavit game. So, right. bro, we got to talk about, obviously, I mentioned in the Open, uh, you were 4-0 against Nebraska. 
you already talked about like Coach Mac and how detailed he is in film session. Talk to me about like the week leading into a game versus Nebraska or versus Wichita State or versus Marquette, you know, some of those rivalry games. Uh, talk to me about like Coach Mac, uh, his intensity and, and what you remember from those weeks leading into games like that. Yeah, I mean, there's always a little more something in the air, whatever it is. It's just a little more intensity. Mm-hmm. It's obviously a game that's big. Um, I mean, for I remember, like, our we were kind of starting our slide then my senior year, and it was like, you know, <coughs> we obviously didn't think we were going to go on, like, an eight-game losing streak in the Big East and lose every game by one point or whatever it was pretty much. But he, they were like, you know, this is a game that no matter what happens this season, like, you might – we might not do – like, it might not finish well this season, but people are going to remember that – you guys beat Nebraska, like, before the game. Like, they're going to remember who won the game, no matter what it mm-hmm. is. Especially here, that would be school history. And so, I mean, we were we were locked in, and that was the one we wanted. Uh, I mean, it's just everything is just a little more intense. Everybody knows what's riding on the line, even though it's been. And I think also a part of it is that's why we continue to when pretty much, you know, whatever it is out of the last, but, you know, it doesn't matter. Like it, we never take them lightly because, you know, they want us, they want mm-hmm. to beat Creighton. So, you no matter what, typically they're going to come out, try and come out swinging and whether they know they're going to attempt to play their best game. And so we can't ever take it lightly. Um, those Wichita state games back in the day were very intense. I mean, that, that team had, Two guys that ended up in the NBA. One guy, I think he might be EuroLeague, Champions League level. They had mm-hmm. a couple guys that are out in Japan, very good leagues. I mean, those were super talented teams. And we, I mean, we also knew we had to play. I mean, the arena in Wichita State was as hostile as just about any arena for us, too. I mean, I remember walking out by myself. My, my first time I could play middle fingers flying i think i got spit on like <laughs> I wa- nobody told me you don't walk out by yourself so yeah <laughs> so, I mean, you're just trying to be a good guy trying to get some early shots I'm just trying to go to warm-ups and artino censored word you like just i'm like geez yeah so i mean I'm like, See, I wish I kid. wish you played TBT with us this summer, bro. You would have that, that same feeling all over again when we played Aftershocks. <laughs> I know. That was Man. that was tough. I thought you guys would pull that out too. That would have been crazy. oh believe me. I like I still have sort of nightmares about how it all ended and all that stuff. Yeah, Watching but... homie get shoved to the floor to just to see which dog and score for a layup during Elam ending. Yeah, but that was. You wild. know what? I, I yeah. digress. I digress. Right. I know I have a platform. I know I can put some people on blast, but I'm looking to play TBT again. So, right, right. You know, like I, I'm not even gonna go there. <laughs> no, no. That. I mean, the game before you guys had that big comeback. So I mean, it was. Yeah. It was like, kind of a tale of two games. Unfortunately, you stole one, and you had one stolen from you. I mean, that's just how basketball is sometimes. But that, hey, yeah, you guys represented Creighton really well, and it was really entertaining to watch. And so. Talk to me about the first time hearing about how big of a rivalry the Nebraska Crane game is every year. Cause I remember when I was getting recruited, D Rock like let me know immediately, like, look, this is the one game that we can't afford to lose. And we ended up losing that game my freshman year. But right. talk to me about how early on, maybe even in the recruitment process, that you heard like, hey, look, this is the one thing that's super important to these Crane fans. Well, see, I grew up two hours away from Crane. So mm-hmm. like I knew about the rivalry high school like before Creighton had even like started recruiting me they started recruiting me at the end of my junior year mm-hmm. my well you know all my boys from that used to be around from my yes, high sir. school they all the boys. Nebraska basketball so they all were fans <laughs> of Nebraska and so I remember like before I was even committed I watched the game that uh Nebraska beat Creighton like 55 54 or something and they were mm-hmm. like so pumped about it and, like, I obviously just didn't think anything of it. I didn't know where I was going yet. I didn't, hadn't even, like I said, spoken to Creighton. So, uh, 
but so then when Creighton comes around, obviously, uh, like I know at that point that this game means enough to random kids in Waukee, Iowa that are fans of the school. So it's obviously going to mean a ton in the state of Nebraska. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I kind of had a little bit of an idea, but even I don't think words can do it justice, especially as a player. And like, it's like, it's weird. It's like I said, like you talked about asking how Mac is before it, or even like the game itself. There's just a different feel to everything. Everything just feels magnified. This, the stage feels a little bigger than, you know, if you're going to Evansville, Indiana or some <laughs> random team. So yeah, it's just like, even though on a national stage, it doesn't matter. But every eye that follows any sort of college sports in Nebraska is watching that game. And mm-hmm. it, it, it's a fun game to be a part of. And thankful I got all four wins is something I can hang my hat we on. Talk, I, yeah. So. <laughs> Easy, bro. I wish I was four and I was three and one. And I still have a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth because of how we let that game go in my freshman year. We were right there. It was a nip right. and game. I think it ended up being like in the 60s. It's always a. It was really tough for us early on against them, but you know we yeah. kind of figured it out. And you, we've won nine out of the last ten. I think that's the number that you were trying to refer to. I think yeah. maybe basically nine out of the last eleven, if you mentioned my right. freshman year. But we kind of cut that out to make it, it sound just a little nicer. <laughs> just to make it sound me. just a little nicer. Uh, we obviously this whole episode has been about Crane versus Nebraska. I, I can't end it without asking you your absolute favorite moment playing against Nebraska. Um, either the Gibbs and Petaway scuffle because that was just hilarious oh. to me. <laughs> I mean, like that's just funny. Just it's just two yeah. guys. It's like it was just destiny for them to do that. Two guys that yeah. probably hated each other and just were both scrappy guys <laughs> for both teams. And that, uh, and then my my senior year. I mean, just being that Nebraska was preseason ranked, we were expected not to be all that much and. We mm-hmm. came in there and took their best shot. We took our shots on the chin, got down like 10 or something, came back, and we were able to pull out a win at the time. And probably even like our own fans really probably didn't think we were going to win that one. I mean, mm-hmm. and so for – and then, unfortunately, we oh, weren't able well, to that's, that game. That's blasphemy. That's blasphemy. I think I any mean, time you say – It's a Korean-Nebraska game. I think all of our fans are all the way locked in, as irrational as it may seem to be at the time. I uh, yeah. I can't put it on our fans to think that they didn't think hey, they were gonna win that game. I don't game. know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I guess, but it just felt that every everybody in the media take it back to the mm-hmm. media. Then there it the is. Media, that, that's a better. That's better. Yeah, that's, that's better. better yeah, that's it. that's what I would say. The media had kind of just the damn media. Right. This is me acting like I'm not on this side of it now. The damn right. media. <laughs> you yeah, guys but, don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but you're on the bias side of the media. You host a podcast about great. What are you supposed to do? Right. Oh, no, 100%. There's no other out, way I would like it. You're not out here writing articles for everybody. You're right. But, no, that's, that's good to hear. I remember uh, Coach Mack uh, sitting on the scoreboard on that little side piece with Doc yeah. Sadler. <laughs> for if they get a technical, that's one of my favorite moments for sure. Yeah. Uh, playing. Uh, that gives Petaway is – that was a heavyweight fight. Like, I love being – I was a little bit in, like, the bottom of that scrum, too. And right. if you go back and look at the footage, I'm the one, I'm like one of the first guys there to try to separate them, talking a little trash of Petaway at the same time. Right. Um, I mean, and then, I mean, that game just going up, what is right. it, like damn near 30 in the first half? Like, right, right. That, that, that whole game, but obviously that moment ends up overriding mm-hmm. everything in that game because when you think back to that game, that's what you think about. At least, right. I mean, the whole game itself, yeah, it was. Those two games, I guess, that just in general, the last two I played probably. I don't particularly re- – I remember some my freshman year, but I don't really remember. Uh, those other two are it's getting foggy in my memory because I'm getting old. Yeah, because you're getting old. I'll give you one more, though. Uh, it was my junior year, your retro sophomore year, when Josh Jones went down at pregame. That oh, is yeah. one of the more – I guess iconic moments for me during my right. tenure for the J just because of how, you know, you do you remember how close we were to calling that game? Like Coach right. Brad asked us, Do you guys feel like we can still play the game? And after right. like maybe three or four minutes of us 
talking to each other, we all came out with the conclusion that Josh wouldn't have won us to, right. you know, not uh, yeah. hoop for him right now. So that's, that's the yeah, reason that's why we even crazy. stepped onto the court that game. Yeah. Yeah. And shout out Josh. He's doing shout out Jonesy. Now. You already know. Yeah. Right. You know, he, everyone knows he's healthy. He's out. He's hosting. Mm-hmm. Hosting this karaoke thing out here doing this thing. And Hell so, yeah. Jonesy's <laughs> out mean, here. Jonesy's a businessman. Why why yeah. y'all playing around out here? Right. Jonesy's a businessman. So. But he's he's gonna be back on the podcast soon. I actually got in touch with him this week. Uh he'll be back on the podcast soon. He's got a lot of things that he wants to announce. Obviously, Jonesy's always making moves, <laughs> especially in the greater Omaha community. So you already right. know what it is. Right. Uh speaking of announcements, I know you're back in Omaha right now for a short amount of time. There's a little bit of transition happening in your right. life right now. Do you want to speak on it a little bit, or, or is this something that you just yeah, don't want I'll to speak about what is it the media? And obviously, it's when I make announcements, it's going to be like I probably won't ever reach there. But uh, over the last few years, we have been uh, my agent and I, which is our agent. Uh, actually, yep. we have Shout the same Bo. agent. Shout out both for real. <laughs> uh, he we have been working since I was in Taiwan from 2018 to 2019 for a and they didn't allow back, but the whole entire time we have been in contact with their national team, and I have finalized my naturalization to become a member of the Chinese Taipei national team. Uh, we'll be moving to Taipei or to Taiwan in a couple of weeks. We're waiting on our visas right now, so that's why we're back. We and then when we get that, we'll fly out there, and I'll be a member of their team for at least two years, depending on how it mm-hmm. goes. And uh, today we committed to a team i can't speak the team's name in case i don't know they're they're wild they're like they're they love basketball over there it's so mm-hmm. they might end up finding this and so i can't say the team until we get all the details wrapped up and everything yeah. but uh it's been exciting it's been stressful last month or so just trying i was like we talked about earlier i was in hong kong and i thought i was going to play the whole season in hong kong and then go to taiwan but then uh the way everything worked out, we have World Cup qualifiers in February, and I would have missed the finals in Hong Kong. And the team, they they were great with us, uh, took care of me while I was there, everything, and ended up saying ter- terminating my contract, which it was was okay with us. Obviously, we make some moves sooner to Taiwan and start being there. And so, I mean, it's just been it's been a blur these last probably two months since uh, we officially kind of got stuff rolling in October as far as uh, the government side of things that had signed our initial contract then and then everything was finalized within a month or so ago and that's all out in the media so it's okay for me to speak on this is the first time Mm -hmm. publicly I've spoken on it it's exciting on the J baby (laughs) uh, nobody no better person to break the news and uh, Mm -hmm. it's just been it's been uh, crazy and now it's hectic out here right now we uh like I said, we flew from Hong Kong to Dallas and then Dallas to Tennessee, where my dad is. Drove from Tennessee to Omaha. We go see some people on Saturday, see my mom. And then uh, next week for Thanksgiving, we got to go see her, uh, my wife's parents. And then some point in between all that, we got to go to Denver to go to the embassy to pick up our visas. And <laughs> so it's just a ton of stuff to do. And, but, yeah. you know. The way I call it is it's good stress. It's problems I've wanted for a long time in my life. Uh, you know, kind of where I came from and what I had to go mm-hmm. through overseas to get to it. So I'm extremely grateful. And it's, it's really a blessing. And I just, I'm excited for it. Excited for the new opportunity, something that I've worked my whole life for. So, Bro, you know, me and you, like we've been staying right. in touch all over these years. You're like a baby brother to my, my bigger baby brother. <laughs> and uh you know, I, I know your journey, man. Like, I know exactly, like, what you had to go through. Obviously, we share the same agent. Right. I don't think that's coincidence either. I think no. it just kind of fate that it ended up that way. It actually got us much closer than we were, even when we were in college. Right. Being I able mean, to talk about so. When I was going through my agency change, uh, you were with mm-hmm. a different agent at the time that I was going to potentially look at going through. And you said, uh, well, I'm switching to this guy. I didn't even ask anything about it. I was just like, ah, oh, I guess I'll see if he wants me to. And Right. Obviously, he took me. So I mean, it's who knows what would have happened if I picked somebody different. It was all you know, it was all fate. And so, big thanks to you for showing yeah. <laughs> showing me. <laughs> I mean, I just want to say, bro, I, I got to give you your flowers while you're on here. I'm just so happy for you. Your journey's been 
ridiculous. You need to write a book about this <laughs> one of these days. Maybe you'll sell out like 50 copies, but 50 people's lives are going to be changed when they hear about the nonsense you've had to go to to get to where you are. It's a story of perseverance, a story of sacrifice. And, you know, I'm, I'm just really proud of, you know, where you're at right now in your life, the, the road that you're traveling on, bro. And I'm just happy to kind of be a bystander on that journey. So I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you, bro. And obviously, from my end, you know, it's something but love. Always wish you nothing but uh, the best always. of luck. Yes, yeah, sir. You guys about to take the Polish title, so see what's going on. <laughs> hey, we out here see working. What's going man. on after this year? We, are, we out here working. How is it out there playing with Maurice? Maurice Watson Jr. is an absolute baller, man. Like I've all the stuff that I've seen before, all the stories that I've heard before about how well he he plays the game, how easy it is to play alongside him doesn't even do it justice to actually like being on the practice court with him every day and obviously yeah. uh challenging other teams with him wearing the same jersey as him so he he's been great uh we've been doing a really good job we're nine and two so far as right. of, you know, the recording of this game, podcast so. yeah so, and yeah, uh, so. we're both playing really well we both have uh you know we're, we're lining ourselves up to to make some big noise out here right. in Poland so you know things are good on my end I appreciate right. you asking yes always. I mean it's always good. I'm always following. It's funny that you're playing with him. I played with two teammates overseas too from Creighton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't it's that so, wild? It's so wild. Yeah. So, like never in a million years would I be like, oh, I'm gonna end up out here with these guys, and then all of a sudden you get yeah. out there and you're like, oh, you're with them. And yeah. so it's it's always interesting. But yeah, you guys are doing your thing out there, especially in a very good league, and probably were a team that was overlooked. And now you guys are making large noise and showing that you're someone, someone yeah. that can make a run and so you know we'll be following we'll always supporting and we'll get back on war zone soon maybe huh yeah yeah bro we need to do i got the ps5 now so it's it's, yeah. it's different out here i'm gonna get back out there the i need somebody game. to collect the cash again my defense is trash my shooting is horrible but i could collect cash for you and drop it for you guys to pick it up and buy me back after i die that's basically what it is Man, me and Z be on like every day. So, yeah, whenever we I can got make you, bro. It work. I'll, I'll I'll get on there shortly. Just let me know. Actually, we'll we'll yeah. figure it out, bro. But yep. I appreciate you coming back on the podcast. Love you, bro. You know you're always welcome on here to talk your talk, talk your trash. You know <laughs> you always have a platform to to talk it up with me whenever Man. you want to. You got me? Yeah. Yes, sir. It was fun. It's funny. I yeah. might be the only person to ever say, "Hey, let me on." I was just hey, for real yesterday. though. That that was the first time Will actually hit me up like, "Hey, let me come on the podcast. I want to talk about this Nebraska game." I'm like, "Bro, you got it. Let's go. Let's go." Uh, he hadn't. I think he hadn't announced anybody yet, so I figured maybe he needed a guest. And I was just, yeah, I'm back in the states. We can make the time work, and so yeah, happy to happy it worked out. And enjoyed the time talking with you as always, brother. My guy, make sure to like and subscribe to the Field of 68 Media Network as always. I appreciate all you guys with all your feedback, hitting me up, reaching out, telling me that you're listening and that you enjoy the content. If you guys keep liking it, I'm going to keep talking. That's just how it's going to go. Uh, Will Artino, once again, love you, bro. Appreciate you stepping into the day with me. Uh, anything, any last words you want to say to Blue Jay Nation before we sign off? Roll damn Jays, right? Roll damn Jays, as always. Go Jays. You already know what it is. We'll talk to you soon, all right, Well, All right, sounds good, brother. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir.